So, so Robert Bierman didn't get into film school. <laughs> I don't think so. He got into TV movie school. <laughs> All right, let's kick this off. Hello, welcome to the Real DMC podcast. We are joined again by Jamie, and we're talking today about Vampire's Kiss. It started with a kiss, a kiss that could drive you mad. For Peter Lowe, oh, that's just love. Love, love. In the big city. Yeah! Nicholas Cage. The tortures of the damned. Vampires kiss. Strange stuff. I'll never do that again. Well, Jeez. well, I actually questioned whether or not um, Nicholas Cage thought he was in a Batman movie and that he was playing the part of the Joker. Oh, oh I was going to mention mm-hmm. that this is a this is a Joker origin story. Like uh, you wouldn't believe. I, I believe I believe you should say the the 1989 piece of shit. Vampires kiss. No, because then that would mean that no one has to listen anymore because they oh, know your opinion. Good point. Good point. We watched this movie so you don't have to. Colin, how you doing? I'm great. <laughs> I, I wasted two hours this morning watching <laughs> Vampires Kiss. There, there goes my Sunday. <laughs> and and three dollars and ninety nine cents that you'll never get back. <laughs> so why did we pick this movie? Uh, that would be my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Colin suggested. What 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 led you to uh, think of this as a good suggestion for a homework assignment? Well, I saw an article on The Ringer about it. They did an article, like a sort of an oral history, um, because it was the 30-year anniversary of the movie. I'd never heard of it. And they talked about how what a crazy performance that Nicolas Cage had. And um, I thought, oh, I really want to watch that movie. Um, so when it, we came to 1989, it was like only natural to recommend it as a homework assignment. And how do you feel that uh, now that we've watched it? I'm glad I watched it. Um, I actually laughed out loud quite a bit, but it is a weird movie. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand if it's a comedy or if it's a horror or if it's a drama. I really don't know. It's sort of all over the place. But one thing I think we can all agree on is that it's a fucking crazy movie. I agree with that. Crazy bad. Crazy bad. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy good. I don't really understand why it's a cult film, but um, I think from what I read, it's it's become more of a cult film over the last, let's say, 10, maybe 15 years. And I think it 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 resonates with a younger audience. Whereas our generation sees it for what it is, which is a piece of shit. Um, but it's all about, uh, I mean, it's like a bad movie with a, just an over the top, super over the top uh, performance by Nicolas Cage. And that's why I wanted to watch this movie was because of Nicolas Cage. But if you take him out and put someone else in, it's just, <laughs> it's just a bad movie. You know, it's just a, it really just not a good movie. Um, he makes it interesting. By the way, Randy Quaid was the original uh, actor signed for the role. Did you know that? No, no, it was Dennis Quaid. I'm sorry, Den- Dennis Quaid. It's not Randy Quaid. <laughs> that would be yeah. that would have been an interesting one. Randy, <laughs> Randy Quaid as his character for um, Christmas Vacation. That would have been shitters a- full. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Randy Quaid did end up batshit crazy. When you said you laughed out loud a couple times, that was unintentional comedy. To be clear, is that is that correct? 
It's was a, it when I he was firing? Know. Was that when he had the gun in his mouth, or when he was raping Maria Conchita Alonso? Which part were you laughing out loud about? <laughs> the the um, explanation of misfiling. Oh, uh, the him to, knowing to, the to, alphabet to, the, to a psychiatrist. Yes, the alphabet was uh, <sighs> yep. that. And apparently, by the way, that scene, which is sort of like legendary, if you find like a lot of clips from the movie on YouTube, but that particular scene was apparently choreographed to a T. Hmm. And in fact, he did not stray from the script at all there's only one change in the script and that's um uh particular famous a famous scene yes of him eating the cockroach mm. so this is like his interpretation of the character is so over the top and apparently he was being encouraged by the director who apparently did not know how to control actors and the producers i think were um going out of their minds he he got to do it like he just got to be experimental acting theater, you know? Yeah. Well, I wrote down two things that I thought were somewhat entertaining that turned out only to be one thing. So those two things are, I kind of liked 80s New York City. And then I wrote down, okay, you can see some origins of Nicolas Cage being a very good actor. Um, so you could see some craziness and then I ended up crossing that one off because I'm like, well, wait a second. I could see Nicolas Cage crazy bad in a hundred movies and crazy good in a few movies. And I'd rather watch those. I'd rather watch Raising Arizona. I like Nicolas Cage, you know, and then I like, you know, kind of zany Nicolas Cage too. I mean, yeah. you know, you can go through, you know, he's, you got, you know, wacky action, Nicolas Cage and Con Air and The Rock. You have, you know, raising Arizona, Nicolas Cage, or National, it was a National Treasure. Those are all fun, good movies, and they're all kind of, you know, semi wacky performances. This is terrible. It's like watching somebody having a combination of like, you know, it was like an orgasm while somebody's like sticking a sword up his ass or something. I don't know what the hell's going on. It's a very strange performance. It's, it's, uh, it's just not good. And it's, it, it feels like he's desperate. This movie feels like it wants to be, it's trying to be a cult film. Like that's actually what it feels like. It's so desperately trying to get there. And I think it just falls flat. What, what's interesting is that he actually said that in an interview, I think to Spin Magazine before the movie even came out, is that he thought it may not ever be seen, but ultimately it might end up becoming like some sort of like rare cult film. And that's sort of what happened. Uh, I mean, he knew what was going on. Like he, I think he just decided I am going to do what I've always wanted to do and just like I said, do this uh, experimental type of acting in this movie because they're going to let me. And um, he ran with it. I don't think it's bad acting. I think he ran, I, he I, ran right off you, the cliff with it. Is I, what he did. Did you I, watch the I same thought movie? It, I thought it was no. I just I thought it was totally interesting. I mean, he's like he just goes super over the top. Some some of it I thought was bad, like the um, the accent. This part, I don't know if this really happened or I dreamt it later or what. I mean, I'm fighting this bad off all alone and I'll be damned if I didn't get really turned on. Oh, Jesus. Um, the accent was really horrible. I, I think I understand what he was going for. Was it English? <laughs> was it? <laughs> it was like sort of like he was trying to do this some somewhat faux British patrician type of accent. And you sound like um, an American trying to do a British accent to sound cool. To, right. To yeah, sound yeah. Like snobby, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. But he, sound, he, sounds, but like he, he somebody, sounds ridiculous. Yeah, he yes. sounds like somebody who, uh, he sounds like the, the student that lived in, uh, 
England for a semester and then came back and tried to pretend they developed an accent. Like that's, yeah, yeah. that's what he sounds like. Only, only very nasally and it comes yeah. and goes and it's just very like, very. Well, that's unreal. what I was saying before. Like he did that, like, okay, that's his weird voice. But then he does another weird voice for Peggy Sue got married. And you know, it's like it, the beginnings or origins of crazy Nicolas Cage. You know, Kathleen Turner actually wanted him fired from that movie because of the accent he was doing. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm no. serious. I'm, I, I, I can believe read, it. <laughs> I can read about that. By the way, I've heard that oddly nasal voice crop up at times in other performances of his. Like, there is a scene in Moonstruck where it comes out. Thankfully, it was just like for a very short period. I don't know why he does it because it sounds awful. Yeah, it's it's grating from the first moment he opens his mouth, right? And it just it doesn't set the tone for the movie in the right direction. You know, the other thing I would say, this movie is full of weird little random moments in terms of the way that it's shot. Uh, so, for example, he looks out the window at one point and he's intently staring at a hot dog vendor who, who, by the way, is trying to force a couple of sodas on sodas those on people that are drink these, like, drink these. Yeah, they're, they're just like, come on, man, like, don't, hey, don't ruin you ordered the-, the soda and move on. I was with that vendor guy. You <laughs> order the soda and move on. Oh, well, you're, you are the guy who loves uh, New York in the eighties. Well, I do. It's kind of gritty and dark and you probably wouldn't want to be there for a long time. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. <laughs> um, and then the last thing that I'll point out is where he goes into his apartment at one point, and there are two mimes randomly engaged oh, yeah. in some sort of activity outside of his front door. By the way, my favorite part of the movie. Right there. <laughs> you like the mimes? Yeah. yeah. They, they did the same skit twice. They're like, uh, they did. Movie. Yeah. I, I think that's their that's their whole thing. Like it's over in like basically three moves. Yeah. This is the worst movie I've seen in a long time. I'll say that. <laughs> that is for sure. So the director, it was directed by Robert Bierman. It was his kind of one and only film. I think he did something called Mercy War, Mary War. But everything else he's done has been TV movies. Or- yeah, no, this was his first feature film, right? This is his first feature and, and more or less his last. The writer, uh, oh, Joe Minion, yeah. he, so he originally wanted to direct it. Uh-huh. And uh, Cage specifically wanted him to direct it. You know, he he was very much into that idea. And then um, he had to drop out because he went through a, like a bitter uh, end of a relationship with his girlfriend who happened to be a producer. So he bowed out of directing. And at that point, Cage actually dropped out. And um, so they went looking for a new lead. So Joseph Bingen did write After Hours also. And I did get a very similar feel to the two movies. It has that New York 80s that uh, Jamie loves so much. I'd, r- I'd rather have Griffin done more Griffin done though. And, oh, for and sure. Less, a- after less, our, less I mean, that was K. directed by Martin Scorsese, not yeah. Robert Berman. So <laughs> slight difference in caliber. <laughs> Let's do a quick one minute kind of summary. So Nicholas Cage is a uh, editor, literary agent. Li- yeah, literary agent. And he may or may not get bitten by a vampire and slowly goes crazy, rapes a few people, kills one, and eventually um gets murdered but, but by this the, is a comedy just want to by sure the brother right. of the woman he raped it's a comedy up until the rape i think yeah which rape i thought he only raped one person well, the uh the lady in the uh, i guess he, kill, he more killed her than uh raped yeah, her. just he just sucked her blood one that's a pretty he- cool i mean that that club though in terms of the security so you can just sit down on the couch and you can just lean over and just rip, tear somebody's throat out with your mouth and then just kind of get up and go, go hit the dance floor afterwards <laughs> They didn't explain how no one else was around. There was just a random couch in like the back of the club. Yeah. <laughs> he got thrown out eventually. I mean, he was covered in blood and no, no one pin, pinned him for that murder upstairs, but couldn't be the guy covered in blood. <laughs> we just tossed out of the bar. Oh, there's so many things scattering around in my brain. How about the fake teeth? <laughs> I love the fake teeth. The f- I mean, 
Uh, and then he's, you know, he's got the fake teeth and he's walking around like Nosferatu. And... Do you think you could, could, could pick up a woman with fake teeth? Is that yeah, I think she found him quite charming. It's the eccentric. Until he, until he like, you know, like ripped her throat out. Oh, yeah. And grabbed her tit. Well, yeah, he, he, yeah, <laughs> that was pretty good. She like, immediately I guess that was, that, maybe it was just sexual assault. Not it was sexual assault. Um, speaking of which, this one is for Dave. Did did the Peter Lowe, who is Nicholas Cage's character, did he did he fail the harassment training videos at work? I, I believe so. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the that's actually honestly the thing that really annoyed me about this movie is his his relationship with Maria Conchita Alonso. Like from the from the first moment, he's just such an asshole about. How do I know he hasn't gotten a copy of it? Because I haven't sent it to him. Why haven't I sent it to him? Because you haven't found it and brought it to me yet. Now it's fucking Tuesday and I still don't see it here on my desk. I don't see it here. Do you? Her, Alva? No! Her and this filing thing. And to the point like where he's actually chasing her around the office. You know, at one point he chases her into the women's restroom. And then there's a there's a great moment where the boardroom, like he's in the boardroom with all of his other men and they're laughing about the whole situation. Like, yeah, she wanted a raise because you were harassing her. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, this, I, so, yes, I'm going to go ahead what? and say that he did fail his harassment training. Or at can, least. Can uh, we, I would just also like to point out that this movie was made 30 years ago. Okay, but. This movie I mean, it was made, still this, bad. It could have been made yesterday. And, I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying that, you know, they didn't. I, I kept thinking, like, where, where the fuck is HR? Yeah. They he, just didn't. They, they didn't do these things back then. He no, he jumps up on a desk, he screams at her, and then chases her out of the office into the bathroom. She's sitting there th- threatening that she's going to shoot him with a gun. I've got a gun, and then like another old lady in the in the bathroom's like, "What the fuck is going on here? Yeah, what's going on here? Okay, which like, is funny? He's going to rape gonna I, me. I, I thought that was hilarious. I was like, and then she walks like- out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right, well, good luck with that. Uh, he he also follows her home while yeah. she's ironing. In her bra, because yeah. you know. Well, I was gonna say after the bathroom though, the um, where he was threatening to rape her, and she was saying she had a gun. The old lady walks out, but she does check in on her after she's at her desk. Like, oh, did he rape you? Are you okay? Is everything <laughs> okay? No, no. Yeah, so okay. Not, not only that, but but the excuse that he ends up providing to her later is that he was just doing mescaline in the workplace, and things got a lot of hand. I know, right? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then isn't she like, yeah, I've done that too. Don't worry about it. Yeah, once in high school. By the way, speaking of bathrooms, I just have to say that the best line in the movie is when later on he's he's in the uh, the men's room and he's like looking in the mirrors and he's like and he apparently in his mind he doesn't see himself and he's like he's like oh god where am I and you hear you're in the goddamn crapper low and I'm trying to take a dump. <laughs> Right, right. There's the guy in there. <laughs> that was uh, that was just great. If they would have leaned into any one of those things, it might have worked. I mean, meaning like if we like lean into the fact that this is a comedy and actually try to make it a comedy, it might have worked. I, I don't know. But the tones were all over the place and just not good. Well, like the scene that you, you talked about, Dave, um, where he's in the boardroom with uh, all the other men and, and they're laughing about this situation with uh, Alva and the way that Nicolas Cage is laughing at the end, it's sort of like this maniacal laugh, but it is, it is just so 
off. It's 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 a tr- his laughing throughout the movie is just atrocious. Uh, and I'm not quite sure what he was going for there. Or maybe he just doesn't know how to laugh. I know. In every circumstance, like all of his people next to him would be like, this guy's this guy's gone crazy. <laughs> and yet they're not, right? No, they're, everyone's like, yeah, that's funny. Uh. <laughs> Here's another thing I thought of as I was watching it. And I'm not condoning his behavior in the movie when I say this. <laughs> but was it really that hard to find the contract? <laughs> I, I, I have to agree with you. She spent like days and days just get this find- guy's abusing just, you just get the contract <laughs> i think after, i would stay late the first night and just get just go through all the files and find it right so I, but that's the other thing that makes this movie so annoying is that's the central point of conflict is the inability to find a contract well you the know? guy also on the phone was saying like oh it's not a big deal don't worry about it no but- he just he just needed someone i think to have an outlet for his aggression and, you know, the, the contract is a pretense. Just that few minute scene where they're in the office and in between the office and seeing the shrink. So he does the a- ABCs with the shrink. And then as he's turning into a vampire or thinks he is, whatever, and he's got the sunglasses on and then he comes into the office and he's kind of got a little bit of a swagger. And then he, you know, jumps on the desk and does all his craziness. That's That was the only slightly four minutes of compelling cinema that i saw in that entire movie well yeah i i mean i agree with you i, I mean that's exactly when i was laughing out loud i thought it was really funny and by the way it, you know if we talk about him going overboard acting the jumping on the desk that wasn't even him that was the director who suggested doing that so there was someone directing this interesting there, there was someone directing it if you can believe it sorry my daughter lost her script so, uh-oh which- which should have happened with the. Uh, this yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> any, any, any way we can retroactively go back and make this script disappear? So the question I have is, what do you think was going on with uh, Nicholas Cage, or I'm sorry, with Peter Lowe, I should what? say. Oh, you mean like was he actually a vampire or? Yeah. What's no. the? What's this? I'm pretty stuff? sure he was just going crazy, and uh, he thought he was turning into a vampire. He clearly was not. He might have been so frightened by the the terrible uh, Roger Corman-esque mechanical bat that flew through the uh, the room that maybe it just, you know, shocked him to the point that where he started to lose his sanity. That's my thought. That was a horrible bat. That, that was, was a terrible just, bat. Oh, my God. It looked like something you buy at the Halloween store. And apparently they shipped that in from England. Was that part of, that was part of the $2 million budget that I saw, the the bat. And shipping costs, apparently, of the bat coming over. <laughs> right. Did you have their the uh, U.S. box office gross? It's, uh, yeah, it's seven hundred twenty-five thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah. And that, that's worldwide as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, and it made uh, what like sixteen dollars today. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> still, still pulling it in. <laughs> Any particular scenes that are your favorite? Favorites. <laughs> <Worst? laughs> favorites uh when he's running around saying i'm a vampire i'm a vampire please kill me how about the likelihood of somebody in terms of the required strength to push a board through someone's chest that seems possible i think think it's possible if you put your weight yeah Yeah, and it's pointed it was also pointed Uh, that guy just casually murders him at the end too i think you know in terms of (laughs) a decision yeah he's he's understandable he has some justification but yeah i think if if i'm in that situation i mean look he went there with a tire iron so he was going to do some damage but um that doesn't mean he wanted to kill the guy how about this i'll say one positive thing about this movie because i do think there's one positive thing i did appreciate his 
turning his couch into a pseudo coffin and the way he pulled it down over himself and he had the pillows underneath that I thought was pretty funny that I liked that was that was good the other was this was this movie like an hour and 40 minutes or something like that like an hour and 50 yeah, minutes hour, hour 40 yeah. Oof, mm-hmm. man yeah they, they could they could have cut like a 136 minutes out of it I think <laughs> oh you think huh. I just had like, it should just, just, it should just gone like Nicholas Cage like I'm a vampire. Cut to him, like you know, <laughs> under the couch, and then like just get the get the piece of wood through his body, and then it's like Finn. <laughs> actually, I actually kind of like the scene at the end where he's you know he's he's killed the woman. He's I think he's just gone completely over the edge, and he's walking the streets of New York, and he starts talking to a wall. He actually walks into a wall, and then he starts talking to it, and you're like, what? Is it? What is he doing? But in his mind, he's he's in the psychiatrist's office talking. To I actually agree. I think that that particular part of his performance, I think I remember going like, huh? hey, oh, there it is. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's it. <laughs> That's <laughs> that 10 seconds of being on the streets of New York uh, as a vampire and going out of your mind. Very believable. Also, I actually I'm going to give the director some props here. Whoa. Uh, yeah, he um, so he shot him using a long lens, shot him from across the street, um, walking down the streets of New York. No one knew that they were like filming this because they were like on the other side of the street. And he's just walking. Those are all th- none of those people are actors. They're all just oh, wow. pedestrians. And the, there's a, a couple he sort of accosted. Like, I think he asked them to kill him. And they're like, oh, no, no, later, dude. Like, we're no, completely had no idea. They're just. Pedestrians oh, wow. yeah. and the church too. Like couple, went to a church. Yeah, a couple homeless people like just ran off because <laughs> he was like so crazy, and they didn't know. They thought he was a real crazy person. So, what do you think they were like trying to do? Like the writer and director. Like, did they have a goal in mind? Yeah, I think they totally messed up. But I, I think the fact that it is, and we've already talked about it at length. But the fact that they listed it as a comedy horror, I think that's what they were trying for. But that did not come across at all. I, I, I think you're um, I think you're mostly right there. When Joe Minion wrote this script, um, his girlfriend at the time told him to write a movie. They were vacationing in uh, Barbados. And she's like, <laughs> I want you to just write it. He was having a really hard time. So she's like, write a new script. Like it'll it'll take your mind off things. And um, so he started. So she left to go back to New York. He stayed there in Barbados and he started writing a script. Apparently she told him to write, to have it set in the Caribbean uh, so that she could uh, come back and like make a movie in the Caribbean. He, he missed. He, he and, yeah, <laughs> instead he sort of like dwelled on his darkest um, anxieties and specifically about his really bad relationship with her and, and wrote this movie and, and decided like somebody, he would like bumped into someone uh, in the elevator and they said that they really loved horror movies. And he's like, ah, I'll make it, I'll write a horror movie. And then he wrote it all based on his relationship with her. Apparently people thought it was good. And they, they said like, we're going to make this movie immediately. Um, I'm not sure how these people even got money to make a movie. To a certain degree, I was wondering if they were trying to like explore. So this is very much a Joker-esque movie. Like the 2020 version of this, you could see being the Joker, right? The mental, yeah, mental health yeah. issues, right? Yeah, I mean, it's someone going wondering. crazy, but that's the thing. They didn't do that. They went comedy horror and, it, it, you know, it obviously didn't work. I think Hollywood should learn that rape is not funny. <laughs> taking, a, taking a bold stand. <laughs> By the way, I did not even think that he raped her until we see her later on. 
and see like, all the bruises oh, on her face and the yeah you, you think that was just dry humping <laughs> well, well i thought no i thought neck. he was just going for the neck you know i didn't yeah. think he was like actually well, isn't it? I mean, don't we all don't, agree that this is the whole like uh, the vampire thing is about his inability to have a an effective relationship? Isn't that what this is really? You know, it's about yeah. you know, sort of, sort of. It's about him. You know, he can't find somebody because that's partially the whole you know where the conversation goes with the shrink. You know, and so his inability to find love, he slowly descends into madness. Yes, that's, that's you know, but, but but there's no there's no real vampire because the thing is like when he brings the coffee to the bed, like at that point, I think you're you're intended to assume that he's just having hallucinations at this point and yeah. she was never he, actually there. right and invites her into the shower as well he, yeah he's just crazy there's no there's no yeah. vampire there's no psychiatrist but he's no, also there is a psychiatrist it, no that's just his head that's all inside his brain i thought no like how can he be having a conversation with her no, no, and the he, wall? He, because he called her like i think that was just a in his mind he was then having yeah, he, this he breaks uh, at the end and he's uh, having a fake conversation his, yeah yeah no, I, I don't uh, think no, she, because I don't think she ever existed. I think she was just a, a his inner thoughts. Mm, okay, maybe, but I don't think so. Yeah, I think he was way, going to a psychiatrist for a reason. But but also, it, this just seems like very strange that you know your inability to find love would lead to uh, rape and murder. <laughs> um, well, actually, probably there's probably a lot of instances of that. No, 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 no. But just like this, oh. You know, I have trouble with relationships. Mm, I don't think I'm buying that. I think he's just a guy who actually was going mad, who also happened to not be able to have, you know, deep relationships with women, probably because he was going mad. I remember when uh, Jody dumped Andy for the fourth time. I remember when Andy thought he was a vampire for a couple of weeks. He, <laughs> <laughs> he just spun off his axis for you a guys while. Had to br- you guys had to bring him out of it. <laughs> okay, uh, here's a maybe unanswerable question um, for all of you. You can watch this movie again, or you can watch 10 minutes of the mimes performing. You had to sit and watch this entire movie? I'm going 10 minutes of mimes. Do they do they have more than just the slap and uh, same scene and, spitting and, and, and slapping? <laughs> mm, I think the mimes. One. The mimes only waste ten minutes of my day. Probably spend a good twenty minutes watching the best scenes on YouTube, like the it, best scenes of this movie on YouTube. So and that's by the you know the misfiling that was that's definitely a good one. By the way, can we all agree that Nicolas Cage had zero chemistry with Jennifer Beals? That was because he actually did not want her to be to be cast in that role apparently wanted um well he didn't think that she brought anything to the role and he wanted his 19 year old girlfriend who happened to be patricia arquette Hmm. to play the role so that's why he had no chemistry with her i thought she was good though i liked her i know jamie probably liked her too yes i'm I'm talking about jennifer beals yeah yes i was reminded uh, again i'll just go watch something else let me go watch flash dance and get more beals By the way, the um, so the scenes with uh, the sex scenes with Jennifer Beals to get turned on, Nicolas Cage asked to have hot yogurt poured over his toes. What? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was. I think he was just like going all out for oh this goodness. movie. The uh, fuck did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, God. Hot yogurt poured over his toes to get him turned on to get turned on to do the lovemaking scenes. Wait, do you have to be turned on to? I mean, don't you like not want to be turned on? Well, apparently he can't be turned on by Jennifer Beals. I have to question his manhood. (laughs) How can you not be turned on by Jennifer Beals? 
But I do also have to say that, you know, having hot yogurt poured over your toes sounds kind of nice. <laughs> You're going to try that tonight? <laughs> I know Dave's Emily, getting... Emily, we need some yogurt. <laughs> and make sure it's warm. It has to be warm. Oh, God. I wonder if it was like Yoplait or like like Faye. I was going to say, know, you got to make sure that you don't get one of those like stirring the fruit from the bottom ones because you're just going to get like a, you know, sticky toes. You got to get sticky toes. You're going to get like a, what's this you raspberry got, jam between my toes? Yeah. Chunks of strawberry coming out. All right. We're officially off the tracks now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I told you that that scene with um, the misfiling was like totally choreographed. Yeah. How could somebody misfile something? What could be easier? It's all alphabetical. You just put it in the right file according to alphabetical order. You know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z's. Huh? That's all you have to do. Very good. You know your alphabet. I never misspelled anything. Not once, not one time. So Nicholas Cage actually says this in the commentary. Um, that there is DVD commentary, by the way. I did not hear it, but I, I read about it. And he says, uh, every one of those moves was thought out in my hotel room with my cat. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> the director's telling you to do one way, but Mr. Pickles wants me to do it this way, goddammit. <laughs> that was my uh, favorite line was the psychiatrist. Like, very good. You know your alphabet. <laughs> I think you're right. Maybe it was in it, it all in his mind. Yeah, I think it was the, all the in psychiatrist. His mind. Yeah, I don't think she was real. I th- she I was like, I, th- I, I thought she was, she was like, real in the beginning, but then she at the end she was a. Oh, for sure. But the thing is about her is that like she was just completely unfazed by him, and so now I'm starting to think maybe maybe yeah. Marcus is right. Well, yeah, because he like he confesses he like rapes someone or attacks someone, and she's just sitting there. No, like, no, no, no. He's like that jumping was at around. The end. That was clearly in his head. Yeah. No, but like even earlier, didn't he say he uh, attacked his coworker and he's like jumping around? Maybe it was the alphabet scene, the same thing, but he was being very like, you'd be a little unsettled if some guy is acting this crazy in front of yeah. you. Yeah. She's just sitting there like totally calm. I'm like, wow, oh. she's got ice in her veins. She's just like, <laughs> That's a I'd be cool a little customer. unsettled if someone couldn't find the fucking contract too. Yeah. <laughs> Can I one one thing? So from a tone standpoint, this movie tonally is just all over the place, oh, and yes. uh, it actually attempts to create suspense out of things that are not suspenseful. So one thing that I thought was great was the scene where um, you know she's uh, she's running for the train, right? So Maria Cachita Alonso is running running for the train, and you see her run in there, and she sits down, and she has her purse, and the music's playing like boom, 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 like something suspenseful yeah. is going on. But then another part of the city, Nicolas Cage is just doing something, right? There's no, they have no direct, they're not crossing over at yeah. all, but. Uh, somehow they, they choose that moment to try to, you know, they, so they go in and they, they close up on her purse because, you know, you know that she has a gun in there, but he's not around anywhere. It's just, it's so bizarre. Like the tone is just way off. Yeah. And then he thought something was going to happen. There's a panhandler like asking her money. So she's like, she gives him a quarter. Right. And yeah. So what suspense. was, the, what, what was the actual purpose of that scene? Yeah. Just to That's reinforce I, I don't that know. she had a, a gun in her purse. Yeah. I think so. The, the whole thing. Like Dave mentioned, tone wise, it's just so off. I just, there's probably 10 examples that are just like that or similar. It's like, what the yeah. fuck is going I on? I mean, now, as far as the gun goes, when she goes to visit her brother uh, at the gas station and he, he says he, all he can give her are, are blanks for the gun, at that point, I'm like, okay, she's going to shoot him. 
he's not going to die. And that's just going to make him reaffirm in his mind that he actually is a vampire. Right. Uh, I did not know that he was going to put the gun in his mouth. And I was like, Oh, Oh God, no. Like that can actually do a lot of damage blanks. Hey, a $2 million budget. You can get a little bit of sound effects. By the way, Nicholas Cage, he said in 2018 that this is his favorite movie that he's ever done. Really? Well, it's yeah. probably because he got to do whatever he wanted to do, right? Yeah, no, seriously. I, I'm, I, I'm totally serious when I say that I think he jumped at this opportunity where he could just do whatever he wanted and they would let him. His agent did not want him to do this film. I can't uh, imagine why. Yeah, yeah there's, there's one smart one. He, he said, um, Nicholas Cage said, I, I was getting a lot of outside pressure from my agent and people representing me that this was not a good movie uh, after Moonstruck uh, to make a movie of this nature with the vampire fangs and going off like that. Um, sound advice. He initially like totally signed on to this movie. And then because of his agent and stuff, he, um, he ended up uh, backing out. Right. So they went looking for uh, a new lead. And they um, they considered Judd Nelson, and they they dropped him immediately after his agent asked for a million dollars. <laughs> nice. He had the uh, he would add a good like no dad. What about you? No Alba. Yeah. Where's the contract? <laughs> I I would actually love to see like side by side performances because I feel like Judd Nelson would have done exactly the same thing. <laughs> like use this as his own experimental acting um, studio, and. Um, uh, it's it just up. that he would have he would have gotten a million dollars instead of the forty thousand dollars that Cage got. <laughs> forty thousand dollars, and I think maybe he was overpaid. But with, how, how about this as a question? What is the ideal version of this movie? The, the ideal version is that it stays in script version um, and <laughs> is never made. Never comes it, to fruition. It's just it's just not a good movie. You know, do something to massage the script. Would you just go? A little bit like make it a little bit more of a drama, right? So, so not make it as yeah. over the top in terms of the comedic elements and just have basically some guy slowly slipping away from it, you know, losing his sanity and becoming a maniac thinking yeah. he's a vampire. It, that's I mean, the, that's, it's the Joker. Instead. You got you to yeah, 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 lean. Yeah. You got to go dark. You got to go like, I mean, the whole premise is this guy's mentally unstable and he's losing his mind. And so that's the focus. Like, unless you didn't change the movie into like making it real and he's actually turning into a vampire or something. I mean, you, you got to pick a lane and stick to it. You just yeah. can't. Right. You just right. can't do the whole comedy horror. Right. And judging by the content, I would say, yeah, lean towards psychological thriller Joker-esque yeah. and go yeah. in that direction. Cause yeah, or, or if you're going to do the comedy part of it, make sure that there's no rape, murder, and his own violent death at the end. Yeah. Can we quote you on that? <laughs> it's a pretty good uh, formula. Collins for rules for comedy. comedy. <laughs> I really loved the uh, the club scene. With I him with the was, fake teeth? With yeah, the with fake, the fake teeth, teeth and the I, big eyes and him walking through. Oh, yes. I, <laughs> I laughed. I totally laughed. I didn't know he was going to end up murdering someone. I figured he was gonna like he would he was gonna try that and then um would have been slapped and she would have like walked away and then he like just like went for it hundred percent. I was like, oh, so that's how it is. <laughs> okay. This movie took a very big turn. Yeah, I think that part speaks to totally why it doesn't work. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, like right there. It's like the, switch the to comedy. Yeah, the weird thing about this is, you know, After Hours, I would also say, is a very difficult movie to pin down in terms of tone. But the the mishmash and the combination of stuff, probably just because it's in the hands of Scorsese, it's so much better. 
right? You actually kind of, you can appreciate the weirdness and the quirkiness of that movie as a point of comparison to this. This, I think, just doesn't work. Could Martin Scorsese have directed this film? Obviously, he could, but he would change it so much. Like, I don't know. I think you put Randy Quaid in this, not Dennis Quaid, but Randy Quaid, and then give it to Michael Bay and see what comes out. <laughs> how how well was this movie received? Well, the Washington Post review called it incoherently bad, and uh, a New York Times critic described it as being dominated and destroyed by Mr. Cage's chaotic, self-indulgent performance. But otherwise, uh, great. <laughs> although, Pauline Kale of The New Yorker, she actually... Liked it. She said, Nicholas Cage is eerily amazing here, noting that he does some of the way out stuff that you love actors in silent movies for doing. So you know how old Pauline Kale is. I'm going to go old. You should, well, old enough to have watched all the silent movies when they came out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, like he's doing, he's basically doing like silent era, um, silent movie era acting. He's being super over the top. His, over the top in terms of his expressions. You mean like the Nosferatu stuff? Like the walk The Nosferatu stuff, the scene yeah. where uh, where he points dramatically at her and says, am I getting through to you, Alva? When he's talking about how she's like the lowest person there and his eyes are just like back. His eyebrows are arched up and his head is thrown back and his eyes are like bug-eyed. Um, the only thing is he can actually speak dialogue and we can hear him. This movie sucks. <laughs> the, the, the movie may suck, but it's definitely an interesting performance. I will you know say what? it's interesting, but if you're going to go ahead and dive into it like that and say this is some kind of performance art of Nicolas Cage being great, then I say fuck you because I don't, I don't, I don't it, think he's great. I'm just saying that there, there's there's some good acting in there. There's some. It's just it's, if you're going to take that, then that's just highfalutin bullshit. Who doesn't like watching a train wreck? And like a lot of other like pretty bad movies can be entertaining to some degree. And this one, I did not find much entertainment. There wasn't much fun in it. Like That's the thing. I agree. You're going to go get weird Nicolas Cage and just go watch Raising Arizona. Just yeah. that's that's good. Because yeah, Raising Arizona is a good movie and it's a fun exactly. movie and it's, and so, it's a good performance. I, you know, one of the things I think one of the reasons why I found this movie to be so grating is because. I actually think Nicolas Cage can be a really good actor and I've enjoyed a lot of movies he's made over the years, but I don't like the sort of, uh, you know, self-referential kind of, you know, over the top wacky cage, like, you know, kind of the where, where his career has tilted maybe over the past decade. I, I think it's a waste because I think, I think he actually can do some really interesting stuff. I just think that, you know, I'm like, I'm crazy cage. I, I just, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that side of his work. Right. Or even, you know, even if you want to put him in some of the wacky shit, like I don't particularly like the movie face off, but you know, he has a little bit of the mania going there as well, which it probably works better. Um, this, this, he just comes across as really grating and annoying as a, as a, as a character, like everything about him. And I think it's a combination of the accent um, and the way that he treats uh, Alva, like those two things come together and, I don't know that you can do anything to salvage the movie because of those two things. It's just, you know, the speech pattern is grating as fuck and he's just a total asshole right from the beginning. And you, you know, feel sympathetic towards the woman. And I don't know. I just, I found this to be a very unpalatable film for me personally. I'm not saying this, this was a great performance That's and, good or, or that I like the movie, but I, it definitely, um, I'm dwelling on it a little bit, just thinking back to how ridiculous the performance is. So then where does this land on your Colin scale then? 
Oh. Yeah, would you ever rewatch this movie? Every millennium? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> probably would never watch the whole thing, but I'd probably watch uh, a scene here or there. Right. Agreed. I'm never going to watch this movie again. I also will never watch this movie again. But having said that, I would rather watch this movie than some just completely bad movie with like terrible acting and terrible writing and and bad actors, you know, and no one with any sort of charisma. Because you at least get something where you can just sit there and be amazed while watching this, whether that's good amazement or bad amazement, at least there's that performance. I'll take Roadhouse. <laughs> but Roadhouse is a great bad movie. Oh, you know, we we <clears throat> we mentioned this at the beginning, but we never really actually talked about it. The cockroach. Yeah. So, you know, he just it was originally supposed to um like suck an egg or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and he decided it would, would be a lot better to do like eat a cockroach. And he actually did it twice. So he actually ate, like it wasn't a cockroach. It was a water bug, but he actually ate two water bugs. And then he had to wash his mouth out with, out with uh, alcohol, I believe. Right. Right. The, was... the, 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 yeah. The doctors said, because they had, they went to a doctor and like, can he do this? Or is he going to get like, um, is he going to get diseased and die from it? And they're like, Mm, should be fine, but yeah, like maybe uh, have him drink some whiskey afterwards. <laughs> all right, that's all I have to say about Vampire's Kiss. Um, Jamie, any parting words, last thoughts on um, the movie? Did it live up to your expectation? Uh, I didn't really have expectations going in, other than kind of crazy Nicolas Cage. And um, you got it. Yeah, no, just go see Raising Arizona instead. That's my parting thought, Dave. Yeah, this movie sucks. That's I already said it before, but I, you know, I just uh, this, it's you know, it's Nicolas Cage. It's a big self-indulgent performance. There are elements of it that are mildly amusing at different points, like particularly where he's in the club and he's he you know as he begins to go through his vampire transformation, the way he bugs out his eyes and some of the physical acting. And I, as I as I mentioned, I did think when he converted converting his couch into a, a makeshift coffin, I thought was pretty creative and kind of fun. Um, but otherwise this is just about the worst movie I've seen in years. And I look forward to having it exit my life and I never want to encounter it again. <laughs> just, just needs to be snuffed out. You know? Well, all right. And there is vampires kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone actually listens to this, God love you. <laughs> ne next week we're doing the wicker man. <laughs> <laughs> warm yogurt <laughs> seriously what the fuck Nicolas Cage